Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And here at FCBC, we say it like this. Hey, family, we live, we live, we love, we serve. Amen. Listen, I promise you, for real, for real, I'm not going to be long today. I really won't. This is one of those days where you just celebrate being alive. Anybody just happy to be here? Well, this on Friday, we had a, home, a funeral homegoing service here for one of our members, Sister Marlo uh, Bracey, and her son tragically killed, 27 years old. And uh, I said on Friday that it's, it's, I'm weary of the violence right now. But it's also a reminder that we all should know this in that inherently that life is fleeting, life is fragile, tomorrow's not guaranteed. And, and the truth is, we hear it all the time. You should live every day like it should last. But we don't. We don't. And, and for those of us who, are, who trust in God and believe, maybe, maybe we rise every day in gratitude. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit. Just because we don't know what the next moment or minute will bring. And so you don't want to leave this place bitter. Enter every day grateful. Amen. So with that, being said, in these short moments, Psalm 118, a familiar psalm. Psalm 118, verses 21 through 24. And I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Psalm 118, verse 21 through 24 in the New Revised Standard Version. And here's how it reads. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Verse 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Come on, come on. Let's. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we bless your name. We bless your name, oh God. No one sees us, the fullness of our transparency like you. God, you see us. More than that, you know us. 
You know the parts of ourselves that we would rather hide from everybody else. And in spite of knowing those things, sometimes, oh God, that we may even feel shameful about, you still love us. You still are mindful of us. So God, we say thank you. Uh, thank you today, oh God. Thank you, oh God, that you searched the heart. Thank you, oh God, that, that you see your reflection when you look at us. Thank you, God. Thank you. Because the truth is, oh God, the longer we live, the longer we learn to lean into your presence, to lean into life. So God, in this time that is ours to share, on this glorious day, have your way, oh God. Have your way. Let your word do its own work. And we will make sure we get out of the way and let you be God all by yourself. This is our prayer. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Remain standing with me. Let me read that again. Psalm 118, 21 through 24. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Do me a favor. Just turn to your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, you might as well rejoice. Come on, turn to the other neighbor. Tell them, neighbor, you might as well rejoice. Now put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. tell you I won't be long that's easy today you might as well rejoice boy might as well rejoice listen there are many ways to define captivity many ways to feel as though you are unfree. And there are myriad ways that you not only can define captivity or what it means to be unfree, but many circumstances that oftentimes reveal particular moments of captivity. For example, when you allow your self-worth to be determined by people's approval of who you are, you become captive, unfree. It's real because when you find yourself constantly seeking to find validation from external sources, you will always be held captive by the very sources you seek to be validated by because you'll be constantly looking to find a way to feel good about who you are. 
Now, in some ways, when you're in those spaces and those moments where you're seeking validation, you don't always view it as being unfree, held captive, bound, because often the mechanisms that lead to your sense of self-worth are actually attractive. If the things that cause you to seek approval were not attractive, you would not pursue them with such tenacity at times. And let me help you understand, the tenacity with which you seek approval is connected to the insecurity you feel within yourself, or even maybe the low self-esteem. Those are the driving forces to that addiction to approval and that need for confirmation, validation, is when you don't feel good about yourself. But here's the problem, I'll say it again, when you constantly find yourself in that revolving door seeking approval, seeking to gain it, seeking approval, seeking to gain it, to feel better about yourself, think about it. Seeking approval to gain approval, to validate your presence. Seeking approval to gain approval, to validate your presence. Seeking approval to gain approval, to validate your presence. You never break the cycle because the more validation you need because of your insecurity, you never get enough of it because you never feel good about who you inherently are. In that regard, you stay, you stay bound, you stay captive, and you become unfree. Think about that for a second. Imagine living your days seeking that kind of approval from external sources. And here's the thing that that kind of adventure leads you to. It leads you to a place when you're constantly seeking approval from external places and spaces and people. You never really assess what you've already done. You miss you along the way. Think about it. You're trying to find a reason to celebrate you through the lenses and eyes of other people to feel good about you, but you forget you already have more than enough reasons to feel good about who you are, but your need for that kind of affirmation blinds you to who you already are, what you've already done, and so you now live this miserable life. On one level, you've accomplished great things. You can't even see it because you need to be validated for it, and then you never take an assessment of who and how you really are, which means, watch this, constantly seeking approval, constantly seeking validation, validation and you've lost the capacity to celebrate who you are, what you've already done, because you're constantly in that cycle seeking approval to gain approval, to feel good about who you are, that you never pause to look and assess what you've already done. What you might find out when you pause to assess is that you've done more than you could ever imagine to feel good about who you are. We often say things like this, God, if you never do one more thing, I'm grateful what you've done. How about flip it? If you never accomplish one more thing, it doesn't matter what you accomplish, what you don't accomplish, you woke up with value this morning. You got up with everything you need to feel good about who you are. And all your responsibility is to pause in the midst of what could feel wrong, what could be going wrong, what, not, what might not be right, and say, God, thank you. I thank you for me. Well, it always serves to reckon then that if you find yourself constantly seeking validation and approval, you also look for external reasons to feel good, period. There you go. Because it's hard not to be addicted to approval and validation and just inherently see reasons and feel reasons to feel good. In other words, you let your joy be connected to what's going on outside of you. I want you to get that. Henry Nowen said one time to you that every day, you must choose joy. 
and you choose joy every single day. It is a daily decision you make every day you wake up that you are going to choose joy. I got to say that again for somebody because we often wait to see how the day turns out to determine whether we'll feel good about the day. And the truth is, if you wake up making joy a choice, here it is. It doesn't matter what follows after you make that decision. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. It doesn't matter how things turn out, what went well. Not only do you choose joy, but you resolve in your spirit that this joy that I have has been hard earned. It's been too hard earned to allow little insignificant, irrelevant things to knock me off course from celebrating this day. Why? Because I woke up choosing joy. See, this might not hit people the same way, but those of us who know of anxiety and those of us who know of depression, those dark, dismal spaces where you seemingly go down dark rabbit holes and you can't ever get out, it seems that all you see is the misery and the calamity and the pain and the suffering, that even when you see the good things, you only see the bad possibilities, even in the good things. That's how depression works. It grabs hold of your mind. It strangles your hopes. It suffocates aspirations. That's how depression works. And sometimes those of us who know of those dark, dismal days and have come out have learned a secret that part of the way we combat and rebel against those moments is, again, to choose joy every single day. When was the last time you got up in the morning and say, today I'm making a choice? Can you imagine if the first choice you make when you get up in the morning, in spite of how it was when you went to sleep at night, pause for a second. When you wake up in the morning, what happened yesterday has already died. And if you wake up in the morning carrying yesterday's issues, you are now drowning your own today's possibilities. But when you wake up and say, here it is, I don't know what's coming. I know what I left in yesterday and yesterday wasn't even great, but I choose right now to wake up with a smile on my face and celebrate. Why? Because I don't want to be a slave to stuff outside of me. I don't want to be dependent on things outside of me. And I surely want to be dependent on things outside of me that contribute to my joy. And so I will choose joy. Charles Spurgeon put it this way. He said, a rejoicing heart makes for a praising tongue. Oh, God. In other words... It's hard to wake up like that and not let those feelings internally translate into expressions of gladness. Have you ever had that experience in your life where you just started thinking about why you should be rejoicing and just the mere thought of the reason you should be rejoicing makes it hard to remain quiet? No, hold on. I'm talking about when you even by yourself in your house, nobody around. You didn't need a praise team. You didn't need a band. You didn't need nobody else. You just started reflecting over the life you've lived and where you are right now. May not be perfect, but you're still here. And when you started reflecting on all the reasons you have to rejoice, it was hard to keep it by yourself. In fact, there have been moments in my own house where I know my neighbors thought there was a party going on. Not because the house was filled, but because when I started thinking about the reasons I have to celebrate, I learned to make a joyful noise all by myself. I'll be the praise team, the choir, the worship leader. I'll be the ushers, the doorkeepers. Why? Because God has been that good. 
to me. Oh, my God. Shame on you for needing a praise team. Oh, I'm sorry. Shame on you for needing a band. You don't need music to celebrate God. Just think. But again, I'll say it again. Your perspective has to change. Your perspective has to change. It has to change. I know. I know. I know that sometimes when you're going through things, it blocks your ability to see beyond the thing. This is real basic, but it's serious. It's hard to see beyond the thing. But you see, the reason why you wake up every day and choose joy is it helps you to clarify your outlook. Oh, man, don't miss that. When you choose joy every day, that daily investment in your peace of mind. I'm going to say that again. When you choose joy every day, it is a daily investment in your peace of mind. And the more you make that daily investment, it begins to change how you see things. It gives you a clarity that is incomprehensible. It's the kind of clarity that says, I don't see the way others might see. You see problem, I see potential. You see pain, I see power. You see tragedy, I see triumph. It's not hard. But you don't get there without the daily practices. You see, I used to think, well, people say, well, come on now, you just praise God anyhow. No, no. Your praise is the overflow of your practice. And so to get to that praising tongue that Spurgeon talked about, that rejoicing heart comes by way of a daily choice to choose joy every day. Change your perspective. Yeah, what does that mean? Can I give it to you? I read this the other day. Not mine. I wish it was mine. Preachers love taking stuff that ain't theirs. You know? Making it seem like it's theirs. I ain't going to lie. I'll give people credit the first two times and then, <laughs> then I might lean into it. Here's what I saw. I had to write it down. I got a good memory, but I tried to write. I got to, I had to write this one down. Here it is. And it's not mine. Here it is. You can complain that roses have thorns or rejoice that thorns have roses. Wait, it's that simple. Think about that. You can complain that roses have thorns or rejoice what? That thorns have roses. Same reality, different perspective. One you lament about, one you celebrate, same situation. Oh, you missed that. So you can face a dire situation and your change of perspective helps you appropriate the situation differently. That didn't hit y'all right? Okay. I'll try it again. I'm going to say it one more time. Same situation. Your perspective changes the outcome of your behavior. You either going to sit around all day mad that they're thorns or you're going to celebrate that they're roses. And here's what I learned in life. Sometimes roses come by way of thorns. See, I, I, I had this experience as a kid one time my, at my, my grandmother's house. There was this little garden in the front yard. And it blew my mind that every now and again, I don't know who planted it, but roses would come up. My grandfather had garden in the back. He would plant things in the front and roses would come up. And I remember one day I didn't know about thorns, 
right? But I saw the rose. I saw the rose. I never forget this day. I saw it and I wanted to give the rose to my mother. All right. I was trying to be a nice son. But that day, for some reason, I must have been about eight or nine and I wanted to get my mother. Off. So I went to grab it to pull it off. And you know what happened? Stuck myself. So then I got bootleg. I didn't know nothing about no clipping. I went inside and got a knife. <laughs> Start cutting the little wrongs off. But I was cutting them and my first two fingers were bleeding. I'll get this in a second. I'm cutting it. First two fingers bleeding. Got the rolls off. Took the rose to my mother with two little band-aids on, on my hand. Gave the rose to my mother. She said, thank you, June. That's my nickname. She said, thank you. And then I saw my mother smile. And I went away. It was over. And when I realized at that young age, those two band-aids were worth seeing the smile on my mother's face. Right? Simple. This ain't difficult. This ain't difficult. That, that, that in some ways, is a metaphor for life. Every now and again, you have the marks of what could be a beautiful situation that took a difficult way to get there. Oh, you got to hear that. See, you got to hear that today. And I know that some of us right now who are wearing some of those band-aids right now, maybe they're emotional, maybe they're psychological, maybe they're, they're, they're spiritual, but they are the marks of what you went through to get to a good place. I hope you get that today. That, that they are those things. I, I feel like I'm by myself. Let me talk to Serena because you feel me. There are those things in life where you learn to celebrate and people see the rose, but they don't know about the thorns that stuck you on the way to get there. And so here's what it is. That when you learn to celebrate the rose, you look at the band-aids, you look at the hurts, you look at the scars, you look at the struggle as just a necessary journey to what? Get to a good place. I wish I had a handful of y'all in here today who could testify that sometimes the road to a good place is a difficult road. It's a painful road. It's a hard road. But can I help you? That when you've gone through those difficult moments, when you finally arrive at a good place, you know how to celebrate. Why do you say that, Pastor? This psalm, I'll be done. It's a psalm of victory, Alicia. The writer opens up, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For God is good. Here it is. It was a psalm to be sung on the days as the people of God entered the temple. Israel knew about the difficult journey to a good place. They knew about the struggles. They knew about the years of sojourning. They knew about the wilderness wanderings. They knew about the battles and the breakthroughs and, and the habits and the hangups. They knew all those things. But when they wrote, when the writer wrote this psalm, it was a psalm of reflection. That as I enter the gates of the temple, I enter with a sense of rejoicing. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for God is good. Why? Because God's love endures forever. I'm trying to finish. Here it is. Here it is. And here's what the writer says. Not only does God's love endure, but watch this. I call on the Lord <laughs> and the Lord answered. Oh, no, you missed that. I call on the Lord and the Lord answered. Here it is. Why? Thirdly, God is on my side. Therefore, I look in triumph at the hatred of my enemies. Oh, what? Okay, y'all didn't get that part yet. Okay. God is my strength so that no matter how many surround me, Greater is God that is in me than anyone that is in the world. Hold on, I'm going to say it again. 
so that when the writer approaches the gates to the temple, they come with a history of reflective memories. God's love endures forever. I called on the Lord and the Lord answered. God has been by my side in such a way that they will not cause me to shake or shiver in the face of my enemies and those who hate me. God has been my triumph. God has been my strength. God has been the keeper of my sanity. God has helped me keep my life together. God has helped me keep my family intact. God has helped me send my daughter to college. God has enabled me to do great things. And here's what he says. And here's the last part. The writer injects, I'm convinced, a personal narrative of breakthrough. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Hold on. You mean after all the things the writer is acknowledging, they celebrate? They're celebrating. Watch this. The fact that rejection couldn't stop God's project. Oh, y'all missed that one. All right, let me pause. This ain't for everybody, because I see some of y'all looking. You're right, it ain't for everybody. This one right here, if I finish, is for those who know the sting of being rejected. Oh, God. Who know the sting of being rejected. And sometimes rejection can work in your spirit in such a way that you think the way the one who rejected you sees you is the way you ought to see yourself and the way the world ought to see you as well. And so the lenses of the rejector frame the lenses of the rejected. Oh, I hope you get this. But there comes a point where in spite of the lens of the rejector and you feeling rejected, that what you have to remember is God's movement in the midst of your enemy's plans. That I celebrate God's plan regardless what happens. I trust in the midst of this season that no matter what comes my way, no matter what hate comes my way, no matter what plans are conceived to undermine me, your plans can't stop God's program. Oh, God. So here's what the writer said. I know rejection, but God has exalted me and made me the chief cornerstone. That's why the writer says this. This is the day that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hold on. Hold on. You still don't get it. OK, today, this day, right now, this moment. I want you to think about those moments where you know it was God's love. I want you to think about those moments you know it was God's protection. I want you to think about those moments you know it was God by your side. I want you to think about those moments you know it was God that brought you out. I want you to think about those moments you know it was God who helped you keep your mind. I want you to think about those moments where you didn't know how you were going to face the next day, but you woke up the next morning. I need you to think about those moments you didn't know how you were going to pay bills, get food, find a place to stay, but God made a way anyhow. And do it right now. Why? Because this is the day hey, that the Lord has made. And tell your neighbor, neighbor, I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Look at somebody else and tell them, neighbor, this is the day right now that God has made. And we are to rejoice and be glad. Why? I might not get the praise again. I might not get to lift up holy hands again. I may not get to the sanctuary again. But while I got strength and while I got life, I will praise God for who I am. And praise God 
for God's presence in my life. This is the day that the Lord has made. And it's no special day. It's your day. Every day is your day. Every single day is your day. Tailor made for you. And if you realize that, then you rise every day with a sense of gratitude. You see, here it is. Here's what I know. Every day you wake up, there'll be more than enough reasons to be angry. And there have been times when I allowed that anger to rule my day. Because, see, it's hard to stand here as someone who's overcome. So don't believe that. Sometimes we preachers have a tendency to prop themselves up as example A of what it means to achieve. No, I'm example A of what it means to struggle. So, so here it is. Why? Because I'm human. And every day you wake up, you could think about, watch this, I know you've done it. Have you ever woken up angry thinking about something from five years ago? I got to confess, I had a moment yesterday. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I was at the stoplight. No, don't do that. <laughs> and 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 it, you can make a right turn. I was in Jersey. You can make a right turn, but it was oncoming traffic. Never stopped. Man truck behind me. Keep pushing the horn. I mean, incessant. Just so I'm like, what you want me to do? Traffic is like I'm going to turn it in my mind. He kept blowing. And so the, that old Michael jumped up. And I put that car in park. And I opened the door. And I stepped out the car. And I caught myself. I said, Lord, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. That didn't work. He kept pushing the horn. So now when the light turned green, I said, I'm going to crawl around this corner. I was like, and then pulled to the side, waiting because I was, look. And he looked real quick and he made a very smart decision. I'm going to keep it moving. Before those moments, let me show you what happened. Watch this. We, we drive to the store. A whole three hours later, here I go. Well, I can't stand who was hitting that horn like that. That thing was on my mind. And let me tell you the deep part. You know what's on my mind? Because as much as we thank God for deliverance from our old self, we every now and again, we miss the old self. <laughs> Got to tell the truth. But what I realized is that I made a decision to let the next three hours be filled with thoughts from a moment that brought me no joy. I chose poorly. 
We do it all the time. Why? Again, when you wake up in the morning, you can find more than enough reasons. More than enough to be mad, to be angry, to be bitter. Stuff you've been holding on to for five years, ten years, eight years. That's okay. Those things are not going anywhere. But for your own sense of well-being, you got to choose differently. You got to choose joy. And every day when you wake up, you have to remember that this is your day. This is my day. It is a day that God has made for me. That's not selfish. That's not arrogant. That's accepting that everything on this day conspired to celebrate your rising. And we don't always acknowledge that. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we ought to rejoice rejoice and be glad in it again you got a choice you either see the rose got thorns or the thorns have roses either way you make the choice amen come on stand on your feet beloved good today i, I want us i want us to pray For the past couple of weeks we've been Every now and again, we'll come up. I'm going to hold off today because this stuff is real in our community, man. But right where you are, I want you to be honest with yourself. Honest with yourself about that, that struggle that exists. And I know it's real. Struggle that we all have. I know I have. And it's a struggle about how will I see every day. See, I know where my pessimism came from. It came from years of dealing with sickness and pain and hurt and trauma that caused me to see the days pessimistically. Always looking for something to go wrong. Always looking for something to not work out. And so it became a decision and then it became a struggle, a battle. Because you don't just undo that after hearing one good song or one good sermon. That's work you have to really engage in to undo. To shift your perspective is hard work. And what it is is that you have to resolve, I don't just want moments of joy. I want to be a joyful person. And that's about perspective. So right now, in, in, in this moment of prayer, it's not asking for God to give you joy. Uh-uh, you have it. It's there. It's God. Help me to see what's already present. Help me to see the reasons I have to celebrate. They're right here. No one has to tell you when you just start thinking. And it's about your perspective, where you will put your energy. Will you put your energy in the things that you are mad about, the things that didn't work out, the things that are designed to hurt you? Will you put your energy there? Or will you put your energy in the beautiful things that have contributed to who you are? All of it has, good and the bad, but don't linger and always look at the bad. Because you know what you become? You become that person. Something good happens, people come to you and, oh, you know, so on. So you're like, well, yeah, but you become that person. I know a bunch of us in here. Or some of us at least in recovery. People come to you with joy. You're ready to throw the cold water quick. You don't do it intentionally. It's just who you are because you haven't learned 
that beautiful art of celebrating and breaking the bindings that have held you captive. So during the prayer, God, help me to behold the myriad of reasons that I have to rejoice today. And when you start saying that in your prayer, you'll be surprised about the things that start coming to your memory of all the reasons you do have to rejoice. Come on, let's pray. God, thank you for this cleansing word. So God, some of us needed that cleansing today. We've lived with so much bad energy and so much negative energy and we've allowed hurt to rule our days, oh God, that we have even at times beat back joy. There's some, oh God, who feel like we don't always deserve joy, deserve peace, or deserve happiness, made because we're busy looking at the things we've done instead of who we are. We belong to you, oh God. We are your children. And that is reason enough to rejoice. So God, open eyes today and open hearts today that we can behold ourselves and see ourselves the way you see us, God. That we can reflect, oh God, and use the energy you've given every day to not only begin by choosing joy, but to remember reasons to be joyful. God, if that's what it takes to beat back the temptation, to be anxious or bitter, so be it. So every day, oh God, we will not only choose joy, but we will feast on a diet of experiences that make it clear that you've been with us, that you've kept us, that you've sustained us, that you've blessed us, that we have been a priority, God. And we begin to reflect on that. Our joyful heart will turn into glad tidings of praise. God, we thank you. We love you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. And we say amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise on today. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute if you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.